What's going on everybody? Welcome to episode 2 of Games, Games, and More Games. Uh, so for those of you listening on to the audio podcast of this, uh, this is my first time uh, streaming this live on Twitch, so uh, forgive me if I'm talking uh, a little bit weird to, to Twitch chat or something like that. Um, so I'm probably going to end up going live with the podcast every week uh, at some point. Um, we're gonna we're gonna sell it down this week's a little bit weird because i had some extra time um friday thursday and friday were a little bit weird for me in terms of my normal thing because you know i do that teaching thing this week that teaching thing was shorter um but um but yeah so that's that's kind of where i'm at uh with this because i definitely want to keep this going weekly because it's just fun it's fun for me to talk to you guys and just kind of get my thoughts out on stuff that I really want to really want to talk about. Um, so if you're listening to the audio, audio podcast, you can uh, f- follow me on twitch.tv backslash basin boy. And uh, yeah, so let's get the show actually started. So as I said before, welcome to episode two of games, games and more games. I am your host, Josh, otherwise known as basin boy. Call me either if you want. Um, you can find me on Twitter, uh, which is at uh, Basin Boy. YouTube, this will go live up on YouTube at some point, um, and all that sort of stuff. So, if you want to be part of the show, feel free to hop into Twitch chat and uh, leave me some questions. And if we have time at the end of the show, and there is some questions there, I will definitely uh, go and reply to them as well. So, um, last week was kind of hectic in terms of. Uh, what we were doing (laughs) i just kind of was like and podcast and i was like okay that's what we're going to do we're going to make a podcast and um i mean it was a 33 minute episode it was pretty good and that's the reason why it's a pilot for a reason because you you start you start doing something and then um it gets to a point of where you're like, you start thinking about it. You're not sure what you want to talk about. And then you're like, oh, I want to talk about this thing. I want to talk about this thing. And you keep going, you keep going, you keep going. And you talk about it. And uh, that's how that's how that ends up. Uh, last, week, last week was basically me 33 minutes rambling on about nothing. Uh, well, I talked about the top five games that influenced me, if you want to listen to that one. Um, which should be in the, the feed or uh, on my YouTube channel. Um, so that's that uh in terms of that uh and so this week i was sitting down thinking about what how do i want to structure the show and how do i want this to be every week uh because there's so many other podcasts out there like uh kind of funny games daily which talk about the news you have uh what's good games by andrea renee and all those lovely ladies over there and you have a whole bunch of different things going on and and everything like that and i thought that it would be cool to kind of just mash everything together um into one not long podcast but just uh me talking about thoughts and me talking about top games and like top fives top tens and then i think every week uh i was thinking about this because i have such a long backlog of games that i haven't played um in my short life so far uh of 22 years um and i just was i just was never exposed to some of these games like i played through my first Final Fantasy game literally a few weeks ago. And um, that was that. And it was pretty cool. It was really cool to experience that for the first time uh, and talk about it and with with people and kind of be like, oh, yeah, I know now I understand why these games are so good, why people love them. Um, and 
so uh, we'll talk a little bit about it a little bit later in the show uh we're going to be starting a, we're going to be doing a segment called off the shelf um which is basically like every week i will let you know a game that we're all going to play as a community um you play on your own i'll play on my own and then we'll come back here next week and we'll talk about it um and so this week we did i um decided to choose the last of us uh and the last of us was uh, a game that i i didn't touch since it's been released it was like always one of the games that i kept pushing back and pushing back and pushing back and i eventually got to a point where i was like ah oh, let me just sit down and play it last of us 2's coming out this year so let me just sit down and power through it um so i'll give we'll talk about the plot and everything like that uh eventually uh at the end of the show so that you don't uh, so that we get everything else we need to get in uh and then talk about spoilers and stuff like that at the end of the show um so yeah that's that so what we're going to first start off with is uh i'm going to call it our news i guess i guess we could say that i'm going to choose a few stories each week and talk a little bit about it get my thoughts on it and um i'll be pulling articles and i'll i'll quote articles and stuff like that um and we'll i'll talk about it give thoughts you guys can you can guys can submit some things which is uh really really cool so the first bit of news in our news week uh, I would really want to talk about is uh, Sony pulling out of PAX. Uh, I know that there's a, I I was looking on Twitter. I I don't know who ex- else exactly pulled out, but I, there's a lot of a lot of things happening right now in, in the world that is uh, really affecting uh, games. Uh, this coronavirus or what COVID nineteen I think it is. I think that's the code word for it. Um, is really affecting everybody. It's affecting uh, different companies and spe- specifically Sony, Microsoft, Nintendo, all that sort of stuff because China is where a lot of these parts and everything are made. I know, I know that people are saying like, don't worry about it because it'll get everything will be launched, but it's still something to keep into consideration. Uh, and we definitely saw saw that uh, this this week when Sony put out a PAX. Uh, so I'm going to quote an article uh, by Ian Walker uh, over at Kotaku. Um, and he says, PlayStation is pulling out of PAX East due to increasing concerns related to the illness colloquially known as the coronavirus. Uh, it said on PlayStation blog today, Sony's booth was slated for a feature major up coming games like The Last of Us Part 2, Final Fantasy VII Remake, and Doom Eternal. The show, which has drawn over 70,000 attendees in the past, takes place in Boston, Massachusetts from February 27th to March 1st. This news comes two weeks after a man living in Boston was found to have the illness after returning home from Wuhan, China, the epicenter of the coronavirus outbreak. Uh, This is Sony speaking. We felt this was the safest option as the situation is changing daily, Sony wrote in the post. We are disappointed to cancel our participation in this event, but the health and safety of our global workforce is our highest concern. And uh, that's that's where that's my that's the last quote I'm going to take from the article. But I I just can't stress enough that that this is a coronavirus is something that will be impacting us for the next few months. Uh, people people of course we're working on cures and everything like that and but it's it's already starting to impact stuff that we wouldn't necessarily have thought that it would have impacted like gaming and all that sort of different stuff and i i just think it's really interesting that sony was the first first big 
uh, consumer to pull out of a convention because of concerns for that sort of stuff. Um, so I would be, if I was going to PAX East, I would definitely be very upset with, uh, with everything that's going on because part of the reason I probably would have gone was to be playing the last of us part two for the first time touching fantasy final fantasy seven remake and like being like, Oh, this is real cool. Doom Eternal, I, I could do or do without, but I, I, it's probably the reason some people wanted to go to that show in particular, because this is the first time the public's going to be able to get their hands on the last of us part two. I mean, they had that big, um, uh, reporters, uh, and people in the industry, like that thing in, um, LA where they got to go and play like a, uh, 45 minutes, I think, uh, of the, the middle of the game, uh, playing with Ellie and everything like that. And I just think, I think that I would have loved to got my hands on it. And I think not having that is something that, is uh is going to hurt packs in the long run um and looking at the sony side of this it's probably the best decision that they could have made uh because uh, we we as gamers or we've heard of before uh packs pox uh the con flu or whatever like it it happens people get sick because we're sp- we're doing so many different things we're shaking people's hands we're high-fiving people hugging people and germs just get tossed around from person to person um i was actually at a convention this week uh for a bunch of musicians and it and i'm i'm guaranteeing you that probably this weekend i'm gonna get sick um and i and i understand that and it's part of the thing that comes from being at those sorts of conventions even though you try to wash your hands you keep you keep using hand sanitizer and everything like that. It's one of the one of the big things that'll that'll eventually happen to you. Um, I mean, so, sometimes we can get lucky and not get it, but it's it's going to those events. It's something that you you constantly have to think of. Um, but yeah, and I, once again, I I applaud Sony for looking at its uh, its workers and saying, hey. We we want you to be safe, um, and and yeah, the, that's probably the most one of the most humane things I've heard a company say in a while, um, and and it could have been more PR stuff, but personally, I just think it's it's that sort of thing, uh, looking out for their consumers and just not wanting to cause concern or anything like that. So I think that's really cool. Moving on to the second story, I want to talk about this week is the ps5 its price uh to make not to manu uh, to manufacture but not to ship not to do anything is looking like it's going to be 450 dollars um this article is uh i'm quoting this article by michael mcwarder from polygon uh sony is struggling with costly parts driven by high demand for memory components that could drive the price of the playstation 5 to around 500 dollars, according to a report from bloomberg the current manufacturing cost of the PS5, Bloomberg says, is around $450. Competition for DRAM or DRAM and NAND, N-A-N-D, flash memory, are said to be driving up costs, but Bloomberg also reports that Sony is using an especially expensive cooling system for the PS5. A common complaint about the company's current gen console, the PS4, is a loud fan noise due to heat dissipation. Bloomberg says Sony is taking a wait-and-see approach, meaning waiting to see how Microsoft prices its Xbox Series X console to setting the 
PS5's price. But if Sony follows a similar pricing model for the PS5 as they did with the PS4, a price of $499 for PS5 seems possible, if not very likely. End quote. Um, so, this the, the pricing thing for the new consoles, I think, is is interesting um because i'm i have a thousand plus dollar pc and i play games on that and it works the way that it's supposed to it's about four or five years old at this point um but it still is able even on some low settings being i like i'm able to play like total warhammer 2 on it or i'm able to play um i'm trying to think of a current game that i played i I was able to play borderlands 3 on it of course there's there's some issues frame rate issues and stuff like that but it's it's working fine um and i think xbox uh in particular is looking to like match that uh match not not my pc's level of um uh like trying to match the like its longevity and being constantly updating it constantly doing this trying to make sure that xbox is the premier box out there um i i also have an xbox one x and i love my xbox one x so much i think that uh it is so much better than my ps4 um i don't have a pro version but i know people who do have a pro and i've played on it but i just i think xbox one x is the the better upgraded system at least in my opinion um it runs a lot faster the being able to play games at six like around 60 frames a second is ridiculous it is so cool to be to be able to get that out of a console um and and that sort of thing so 450 dollars is it's out of the range of some people uh or, or a decent amount of people in the united states uh not in the united states but around the world um 500 isn't like Oh, let me go spend $500 to get a new console. Like, no, that's, that's a lot of money. Um, and I, I think Sony's worried about what happened during the PS3 era, uh, when it became a meme about like how expensive the, the pricing is, uh, the, the pricing was for everything. And it's just, I, I, I don't know what to make of this. Um, in terms of just like why why is it so important that xbox releases your price first like i understand that you want to have the better the better price so people are more enticed to buy your box compared to the xbox but also your company you need to make you need to make profit you know what your number is going to be you know what you know what you want to get out of it and i think i think Sony winning this generation in terms of in terms of a bunch of different things like uh with exclusives and just a lot of more people using that service I just uh, I don't get it what make the first move be the one be like hey we're dominant here's going to be our price like boom there you go we know you're going to buy it so here it is um I don't think I don't think of Xbox Let's let's say for example, Sony puts their box at five hundred, and Xbox says, "Oh, our Series X is 400 I don't think you're gonna convince PS4 people that, "Oh, I'm gonna go buy an Xbox." No, brand recognition for specifically PlayStation people in general are is key. 
And I think that that's one of the things that um, people underestimate uh, because I I was never committed to Xbox. I was a Nintendo kid growing up. I didn't I didn't have the original Xbox. I uh, I had my GameCube and my Game Boy and all that sort of stuff, and that that was fine with me. And then I was like, oh, let me play Halo Three. Halo Three looks kind of cool, and I got an Xbox. And then eventually I got rid of that Xbox and got a PS3. Then I eventually got rid of that PS3 and got an Xbox One. So for me, I've just been switching between the two. And I'm fortunate enough at, at this point with my job and everything to be able to have a PS4 and an Xbox One. Um, both of them. And I'm looking forward to eventually getting both of the consoles. Um, just because there's so many games that you can play on them that you can't play on other things. Uh, but I, th I've, I've diverted off point. Um, I just think... I just think people, uh, once again, just my final thoughts on the story. I think people are overestimating uh, brand recognition and people are overestimating how much, uh, or I think Sony's over, uh, I'm trying to think about what I'm, what I need to say. I'm trying to think, I'm thinking Sony is doing the wrong thing here by not making the first move. Um, because you're, you're in the lead right now. Why not just keep taking the lead? Uh, I, I personally have a feeling that Lockhart or whatever, whatever the, the, the smaller Xbox is, the one that's not going to be as much or it's not going to be as good, is going to be, it's going to be for those people that don't have the money to buy these next gen consoles, but want to be involved with that. Like, I'm thinking that's probably going to be about maybe $299. That's, that's my guess for that. And I actually do think Xbox Series X is going to take a loss. Um, I think that, they're at e3 i wouldn't be shocked if they went hey the new box is 3.99 and we decided on that because we want people to be invested in xbox i wouldn't be shocked because uh they've as i said they're making they're making move xbox is making moves they're making moves to the cloud-based system they're making moves as a brand and they're supported by microsoft as well so microsoft makes a crap ton of money just doing just doing a whole bunch of different stuff and i think microsoft has that that um that fallback of microsoft that they they can say hey we're going to make our our console cheaper but hey you can buy a $500 version that gives you a year of game pass um and halo infinite or like the the ultimate version of halo infinite or another controller or something like that and people would be fine with it um, and I, I think, I think, as I said, Sony's just making a huge mistake by not being the person to make this first move. I digress. All right. So the next topic we're going to be talking about is the animal crossing direct. Um, so that this took place yesterday, uh, morning, uh, nine o'clock ET six o'clock, uh, PT. Um, and <laughs> I didn't think I could be this hyped for an Animal Crossing game. Uh, like honestly, <laughs> I watched I watched that direct, and I was like, "Just give it to me." Literally, I don't care if it's not finished. I want that game. <laughs> it's it's at a point of where I am so excited to get my hands and enter that world and just literally walk around because. Uh, if you've ever played Animal Crossing, you know Animal Crossing is literally a a game that you're not you're not going to spend 
uh, eight hours a day in that world. You're maybe going to spend maybe one, two, three, maybe at the most. Um, the first day might be a little bit different, but I'm just saying in general, like it's a game you go back to every day. And uh, I'm excited to start that journey. I had New Leaf for a while um, before I got uh, before I decided to get rid of my uh, 3DS, um, so I could get other things like the Switch and stuff like that. Uh, and I just every time I would turn it on, I would go and I would be able to see like, oh, there's Pietro. Oh, hey, bud, how's it going? And him and his smiley little goofy face. And um, oh, Molly, hey, Molly, how's it going? And then her little duckling face and just all those great people like i just i'm just so excited to jump back into that world um so let's talk about some of the new things that uh that came through that direct um the first big thing uh that they kind of pushed a little bit and you could definitely see that um is the addition of like i forget the actual name for it but it's like the smartphone smartphone of the animal crossing world um I I mean it looks cool. It's it's becoming a staple in a lot of games now to have like a a smart device that you can talk to people or there's a photo app on it or something like that. And that's exactly what this is. Um it's also a way to not lose the immersion technically of the Animal Crossing world and still be able to be like call your friends that are on other islands and be like, Hey, you want to come over to my island? And they're like, sure. And then they hop on the plane and get over there and do all that sort of stuff. And that's, that's the second thing I want to talk about is the multiplayer, um, both online and local. Just, I think some of the, just the Nintendo proofing, that's what I'm, I'm trademarking that the Nintendo proofing that Nintendo is doing, um, for, for this game is ridiculous. The, 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 idea of a best uh, one of your friends could come over and of course you everyone has those friends that if you invite over they're going to come they're going to take their axe and go and chop down all your trees and take all your take all your peaches or your cherries or whatever you have and just be like peace and then leave and your world's destroyed um but having the idea of like you the only way you can do that is if you're a best friend and you the person has to choose for it to be a best friend i think that that is such a good idea um as i said they're literally nintendo proofing it <laughs> and um it's just it just shows you how much thought has gone into this game um in in terms of the multiplayer aspect i didn't even mention that you could have like eight people on an island at, at the same time and like the way that they did local multiplayer if you're working as a family like having having your one person like walking around with your family and then like doing something and then like oh my dad wants to play so your dad'll hop in and you'll follow like your character will follow him around and like that's just really cool <laughs> uh and uh and stuff like that um the one disappointing thing uh in terms that in terms of like multiplayer online stuff is not having cloud saves uh, I think that that's a huge mistake on their part. I understand like there's the way to get your stuff back if your switch is destroyed or something like that, but I think cloud saving would be the the solution here. I I don't know why we wouldn't we aren't doing that. Maybe maybe cheating is that is that what we're thinking? Uh, but like if you cheat in an Animal Crossing game, what are you really achieving out of it? Nothing. You're getting money and you just don't get the purpose of the game at that point. Like 
I don't go to Animal Crossing and be like, oh, I'm going to be rich. <laughs> no, that's not how this game goes. Like, uh, it's it's a whole bunch of different. It's, it's literally finding things and putting it in the museum and doing all these all these other things. I just I just don't get it for somebody who only has one switch at the current moment. But I was definitely thinking about. um getting either a switch light or a uh a switch um the new animal crossing switch or something like that just upgrading my switch to the quote-unquote newer version of the switch um it, it's gonna suck if i started on this one and it's like oh whoops uh sorry dude <laughs> you, can, you can't do it <laughs> um yeah, I, I i wish that they would figure out a way around that um other things uh quick i'm going to quickly go through them uh bear at the beginning the game uh it, you literally when you start you literally have a tent and that's it um and then you slowly just start building things on top of building things um and it slowly becomes a town and that sort of thing and it, look you get the able sisters are back and um who else uh i can't think of their names uh, not tommy I was supposed to say Timmy and Tommy, but I don't think that's their name. But the the guys uh, in that run the bookstore, little raccoon guys. Of course, Tom looks back and that sort of stuff, and just it. But just being able to build your town and finding places to put houses, so that you can have people live somewhere and you don't destroy your own world. Like I just think that's really cool. Um, the other uh, another thing is the 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 inclusion of familiar faces. I know animal crossing normally does this. They have just, it's just a, a, a staple in the series. I, I saw something this morning. Hold on, I'm going to look this up real quick. Um, I saw something this morning about however many people there's, there's, a, there's a ridiculous amount of people in, in animal crossing. Uh, where is it? Where are you? I remember looking at this at conference today. Oh, not that. It's like over. It wasn't a th 383 different villagers. That's that's was that was the headline. 383 different villagers. That's a, that's ridiculous. And like, there's so many variations within that. Like the tiny little things. Like, I, <laughs> 383. And I don't know if there's I don't know if there's a limit. Uh, I, I haven't researched too too far into it, but I don't know if there's a limit of how many villagers you can have. But three hundred eighty three is a lot. Like uh, there's gonna be people that you never ever meet. Um, but it'll be excited. It'll be exciting. Like if you like for me, my the two I remember the most are Pietro and um, Molly because they always used to be the funny ones and. And always come say hi to me and drop off stuff. And um, I hope that they're back. And I hope that I like, uh, I don't know if anyone else had this, but like, I'm excited for my, my first opportunity. Cause my first animal crossing was new leaf to get into that world. And if I get the, the mail that says, Oh, we're going to have a new villager. And it's, and it's one of those two. I think there's a good chance that I might cry. Like just because, it's it'll be something that that is like we 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 left off and they followed me here like it's just something that i'm so excited to do um uh i'll get to the, my next bullet point in a second 
Uh, Nook Miles and Bells. Uh, Nook Miles are interesting because they're not necessarily currency. Like they're, but like there's something that you get from, I think, visiting other people. I didn't really get too much from that, but it seems like that's how you pay off your tent. And then you can buy upgrades to your house with bells. Um, but I'm interested to see what that is. Uh, and then the two coolest things, in my opinion, are the, the DIY crafting bench that, that they showed. Um, being able to build your your like tables and all that sort of stuff and then go in and like modify the different things and that, that looked really cool um i think the best feature that i saw was the terraforming or, or the building or whatever like being able to like there was there was something in that direct where like they built like a waterfall or they were like cleaning out stuff and a waterfall started to happen and i was like oh, this is Man, this is ridiculous. Like, I am so excited to be able to get in there and do that. <laughs> like, be able to get in there and just be like, hey, I'm, I don't like the, this. I, I really want uh, some extra land here. And just being able to do it. Like, that's so cool. Um, But yeah, as I said, I'm looking for that, forward for that game to come out uh, March 20th so that I can uh, I can get my hands on it and finally play it. So, uh, that ends uh, our big three news segments from this past week. We're about 30 minutes into the podcast, um, and uh, it's time to switch up to our next category, which I am calling The List. Um, so, every week, uh, I will be, the week before, I will be informing you of the category that we will be talking about, top five, top whatever, uh, in the middle of the show so that we can talk about it and you can give your feedback and that sort of stuff um, and your list or whatever because it'll be fun to compare lists um, and this week uh, last week I did the top 5 games that influenced me this week's the top 10 we're going to be the top 10 games of 2019 um, because I haven't actually made a list for anyone yet and uh, that sort of thing so I think that this is going to be this is my list and i'm happy to get it out there so that i i'm solidified on my list because i've been fighting with a few games um where are they gonna go how am i gonna put it on here oh i don't know i didn't play this game yet but um oh, a whole bunch of different things so uh the top 10 games of 2019 um i'm gonna start this off with the games that i didn't play that I think may have ended up on my list if I played them. Um, and it could just by a lot of people like seeing different games and seeing people's lists and having stuff all on there. Um, I, I think that they, there's a good, there's a good chance that this would have been on there. So the, one of the first game I didn't play that looks really cool to play. And a lot of people love this game. A lot of people like, we're worried that this game wasn't going to get the attention that it deserved. And it, I, I personally, I don't think it did. Um, because not that people didn't forget about it. I just think the recency bias was such a thing last year that this game didn't get all the credit it deserved. Um, I currently have this bought on Xbox and I'm thinking about playing it sometime soon. And, um, that game is resident evil Two remake. Uh, I never got a chance to sit down and play it. Um, also, 
I hate scary games. I hate thrillers. Well, and I don't hate thrillers. I like thrillers, but like as soon as jump scare stuff is involved or that is a no go for me. Like I am out. I am that person that like sprints to the end of the room that will scream like a little girl. That is me to a T. Uh, <laughs> but um and Resident Evil 2 was one of those games that people uh I've been I heard people talking about it on podcasts and the how good that was and how the they really nailed like the ambient sounds and all that sort of stuff and how the game looks and that sort of thing. So I I think that could have made it onto my top 10 if I sat down and played it. Um I'm eventually going to get to it and we're eventually going to talk about it, but as of right now, uh it's not on my list. Uh number 2. This is a big game that I didn't play. Um that I I just recently bought and I haven't sat down and started playing yet. Uh because I, I that's probably going to be an off the shelf game. Um just so that we can share thoughts on it and everything like that. It is Death Stranding. Um, I played Metal Gear Solid Five, and that wasn't like it. The weirdness of the game wasn't what turned me off to that game. It it was, it was playing as Snake. Like it, it was. It's hard to describe. Like when I go into games like that, it. For me, the the story comes second almost to the gameplay, um, because it's a it's a semi shooter, and I just felt like the mechanics weren't there. So that's why I really didn't wasn't a fan of Metal Gear Solid Five. Um, I thought the story was fine, but Death Stranding looks like it has a very interesting story. The gameplay loop seems okay with the walking around and doing all this different stuff. Um, but I'm, I'm in the mood for a weird story and Death Stranding seems to be that weird story that I need to take a look at. I eventually will end up getting to it at some point. Uh, next game, uh, is Disco Elysium. Um, see, I, I want to say I didn't, I did play it, but I didn't, I've only played like the first 10 minutes of the game um just to see what it was like and it seems like something that i definitely will eventually sit down and play and just love um but i i want to throw it on here just because it's it seems like it's a lot of people game of the year but it just never i never sat down and played it uh, and the final one is not as big as a a hit but i'm almost one of those people that doesn't have a stereotypical top 10 um is Luigi Man- Luigi's Mansion 3. Uh, people love that game. I love the first two Luigi's Mansions. And there's no reason why I don't think I would not like 3. Um, and it, I just, once again, I never got around to playing it. I never got around to uh, sitting down and playing it. I haven't bought it yet, but I'm definitely thinking about playing it sometime soon. Uh, once again, all the, all the, all those four games that I just mentioned are games that I think have a good shot to be on my top 10 list, but just didn't make it because I didn't play it. Um, yeah. So that's time for the good stuff, right? Hold on. Top 10. But first let's start with our honorable mentions. All right. So my first honorable mention goes to a game that I've put a lot of hours into, 
but I don't necessarily think it's an amazing game or even let me just say I don't sort of put myself down a little um I don't even think it's a a good game but none of these games are I wouldn't consider this franchise a good game franchise uh, <laughs> um it's just one of the things that everyone just soaks hours into if you like it, but it's never none of them are really memorable besides the first ones that you play. Um I mean this one's kind of good because it's the first 3D one and everything like that, but um if you couldn't tell, my first honorable mention goes to Pokemon uh Sword and Shield. Um once again, that as I've put 100 hours into that game just because like I'm either sitting in my classroom, shh, don't tell anybody. I'm either sitting in my classroom just uh hunting for shinies or sitting in there just battling trying to go through the battle tower or something like that and just just putting a lot of hours into the game um i just also just don't think it it needs to be on the top 10 or it, it just doesn't feel right to put a pokemon game in my top 10 uh and i, I don't think it would have made it anywhere compared to the, these other games as well but i just want to throw a definite uh mention out there my second honorable mention is a game that was kind of, it wasn't stealth released. It was like, oh, here's this cool game. And it's out in like two days. And you're like, oh, God, that was cool. That's cool. Um, it is a game called My Friend Pedro. Um, and that was, <laughs> the, I, I can't, just, that game was just fun. Like, <laughs> I, I, can't, I can't say anything else about it. Like the shooting, the jumping around and all that sort of stuff. That was a super fun game to play. It wasn't long, but I I remember just having such a good time with it that I just went, oh, okay. And and I, I and when I was thinking about this list, that was actually one of the games that came to mind uh, first, but it just didn't, after I thought about all the other games that came out this year, it just didn't end up making my top 10. Um, another honorable mention that... Uh, another indie game or I have two more indie games and I'll get to my other two big ones um, that are honorable mentions. Uh, number, the first one is a game that was released for switch. Um, and I, I don't necessarily know if this one was stealth dropped. It may have been, um, it may have been the, I tried, I'm just trying to remember how this game was announced. I can't, I can't necessarily remember it, but my, the game is just so good. The music in the game is so good and it's so nice to have a game that like has the music and the music is a fundamental component of the game and it's just so much fun to play and if you couldn't tell by music being the fundamental part of the game uh my another honorable mention is cadence of hyrule um i once again that game was just so much fun to play like i just remember sitting there and being like you do and i'm like okay yeah there's this other theme oh there's like a little remix in there okay uh, and it was just i can't <laughs> once again i can't describe like how much fun that game was to play and just sit down and be like okay i'm doing this thing <laughs> um and the other uh, this was actually number 10 for a while and then i thought of another game actually before i recorded this podcast and i went that game came out this year i think um I double checked it and I was let me just double triple check because if that game didn't come out this year, then I'm apologizing. Um, hold on. It it came in September now. Yes. Yeah, so we're good. Uh, <laughs> all right. So my uh, my other honorable mention is 
Void Bastards. Void Bastards was sitting at number 10 for the longest time for me, and it just, it fell off because I thought of another game, and and it just pushed everything else back, and that got bumped off the list. Um, Void Bastards, the art style was such a cool, like, it literally felt like you were in a comic book. And, like, all the little humor in the game, and all the, even though there's not so many uh, enemy types, it's still cool. Like, it's such a fun game to be in. If you if you haven't played it, I suggest you go play it. All these, like, tiny little modifications that you can get. Void Bastards, hands down, is um, one, of the, one of the coolest looking and action-packed games of this year. For, for me, at least. Uh, oh, I forgot to mention in the didn't play section. I didn't play Devil May Cry 5. Uh, that also might be a game that I like. We'll get to that eventually. Um, <laughs> so, my last two. Honorable mentions. Uh, the first one, I'm just saying because I I recently played it and I went back to it because they released an update for it and I realized why I liked it so much uh, was Division 2. Um, Division 2 was okay at the beginning and, I, and it just got better. Like It's one of those games that you just sink time into and you're like, all right, <laughs> well, I guess I'm in this. And uh, I just... I just remember that. But the thing that threw me off about Division 2 was when the raids started being released and they made them hard, like super, super, super difficult. Um, that's kind of what I was like, okay, whatever. <laughs> and, uh, and then I went back recently and was playing around, uh, getting ready for Warlords of New York and that sort of stuff. And I, I was I'm, was real excited for it. So I think that deserved an honorable mention. And the final one... Um, I'm honorable mentioning it because it was a fun RPG to play, but I honestly didn't like the game. Um, it, 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 I just, it's, let me rephrase that. I didn't like the story of the game. I liked the characters in the game and I liked the way that you interacted with the characters and all their side stuff and everything like that. But I didn't like the main story, which threw me off of the game so much. Um, and the world was cool. The, the, it just, I just feel like it went nowhere. Like you didn't have a purpose in that game. And I'm, I'm talking about the outer worlds. Um, the outer worlds, uh, I loved Fallout New Vegas. Fallout New Vegas is probably my favorite Fallout game of all time. Um, but I just feel like they, they swung and they like, it was like a, it was like, you're like, oh it's going to be a home run. And then it went and became a foul ball. Like it was like, I had so much hype for this game. I was so excited for this game to come out and it just kind of like, was like, eh. and, but as I said, like the characters in the game upheld the game for me enough, um, for it to be considered in my top 10, nothing, not necessarily enough to get, to have it be in the top 10. So, um, hold on. I have I have a I have a show prepared for us. Get ready for this, guys. So I need to hold my camera one. <laughs> hold on. What is this? Video cap. All oh, right, there I am. Once again, sorry, audio podcast listeners. <laughs> Had to get myself on there. All right, so my top 10. 
this first game. This first game is a game that I've ragged on, and I realize I've ragged on it a lot, and a lot of people have ragged on this game a lot, but when I sat back and thought about 2019, I thought about all the games I played, and I thought about all the flaws that this game had, but I also just realized how much of a good time I had in this game, just because like I loved the worlds in the game, I loved... I love the 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 way that all the characters became like started to know each other and like all these strands started connecting to each other but also the strands opened up into like questions that will be answered in future games and and stuff like that so uh, I my my number 10 Kingdom Hearts 3 Kingdom Hearts 3 it, uh, well that's a bad slide thing but whatever. Um, Kingdom Hearts three is hands down uh, one of the one of the most controversial games in my top ten, um, because I I once again I don't even think I necessarily like the game um, to to a point of like it being like top five material. But I definitely liked it enough, and I definitely liked the characters enough. And the combat and everything like that for it to, to sit in my top 10. Um, once again, this was the game that that pushed Void Bastards off the list. Um, not in terms of being on it, but Void Bastards at number 10 and this got pushed back to number 10. Um, my number 9 game is the one that I added to them. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm, as I sit here and I'm talking about it, the more, I, the more and more I agree with my decision to put this on the, on the list because um yeah it it's such a i don't know it's such a kingdom hearts game <laughs> and the the reveal at the end of the game i'm not going to spoil it but the reveal at the end of the game about who a person was that we learned about in uh kingdom heart key and all that sort of stuff like it was like oh okay that was you as a matter of fact um so i thought that was really cool all right, number nine. My number nine game of 2019 is a game that recently got a lot of traction by some people, and they decided to review bomb this game on Metacritic. Um, I don't know why. Uh, well, I know why, but I don't know why this game in particular. Because this game was so good. Like, guys, I can't. I can't describe to you, like, how much... I didn't like these types of games until I played this one. And now I can't go back and play other types of games like this because this game was so good. Um, the story, and as if you can tell, one of the things that drives me besides gameplay is like having a good story. I care about what the characters are doing and like who they are and their backstory and how the, how they interact in the world. And sorry. How the in just everything in general. My um my number nine game is I the Somnium Files. Um I, I can't tell you how many games this game this times this game made me cry. Um it is ridiculous. Um I remember I remember because I'm I'm trying not to spoil this too much. 
the first path I went down in this game, because these paths break out and that's how you figure out the whole story. The first path I went down and finished to completely, I I lost it. Because I have a younger sister. Um, also, if you played the game, it was Mizuki's path. I have a younger sister. And just just the her ending with with Date and everything like I, I'm thinking about it and I'm trying not to cry like just just the emotion that the the voice actor had and just everything that happened like I just oh and Iris was such a good character and like there's just so many different things that that made this game good and I'm so happy that I on my drive home today I remembered this game that it came out this year because it once again I just, I I I I'm telling you to go and play this game because this game might not have the gameplay necessarily that first person shooter people or RPG people are necessarily looking for. It's literally a visual novel with point and click stuff. It reminds me a lot of like. The Walking Dead, the Telltale's of The Walking Dead. Even though it's not that, it's kind of like that. Um, but yeah, I just, I just can't recommend this game enough to go out and play. All right, I'm about to piss a lot of people off for how low this game is. Um, there's another game on this list that people are gonna get pissed off that it's so low on my list. Um, so <laughs> my number uh eight. My number eight uh, list on my list is a game. Um, is a game that came out and people love this game. And I and I've never been a fan of these types of games. Like I've tried. Trust me, I've tried to get into games like this, and. I couldn't and then I got into this game and I played it and I played it and I played it and I kept playing it to a point of where I got I couldn't beat a specific person and I literally broke my controller like that's how frustrated that game made me uh this game made me and I I was like I'm done I can't play this game anymore I uninstalled it off my xbox and that was that. Um, and I finished watching a playthrough online because I was so angry. Um, and if you couldn't tell by that, by me breaking my controller over this game, my number seven game, oh, not that, oh, is Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Um, the reason why it's on here <laughs> is because this game is ridiculously good. Like, besides me breaking my controller, um, this game has one of the best combat systems in the whole Souls franchise thing. The co the combat is amazing. The the dings when you get the perfect parry is like so satisfying. Um, and like when you beat a person that you kept trying to beat, you kept trying to beat, you kept trying to beat, you kept trying to beat them. And you couldn't, but you kept going, and then you finally beat them, and you get that that rush of being like, yes, I finally beat this person. I'm so happy. That sort of thing. That's what this that's why this game is number eight for me. Um 
and it's <laughs> I, i'm ha once again i'm happy it has representation on this list because it it was one of the best games i played in 2019 just to a point of where i just got upset um but yeah the the thing that drives this game for me isn't necessarily the story the story is kind of a back backbone for this game to follow um and I'll, I'll tell you why i don't like these sorts of games is because i'm the type of person that i don't necessarily need a like marker over here you need to go here i like that sort of thing but i need someone to tell me like oh you need to go find this person and they're in they're over here somewhere and you're like oh okay i i i'll head that way when i can cool and you head that way and you meet that person cool this game doesn't do that none of the souls games I, in my opinion unless dark souls 3 or anything else is different do that for you they're like ah there's oh white wolf you do the go do this thing. oh perry cool you're just gonna walk around the world like I, and I always feel like I'm missing something in these games because it it doesn't show me anything. I don't have a HUD. I don't have anything like that, and it pisses me off. Um, as somebody who likes to try and do everything that they can, like I just don't have, and I also just don't have the patience to 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 like go to all the different areas and fight all the different enemies. Because if I die, I know I have to go fight them again, and it just pisses me off. Um, but Sekiro is a good game. I, I highly recommend it. So, number seven. This game is uh, is a game that I've been playing for a while. I think I have over 50 hours in the game at this point. Um, and it's still one of the games I go back to if I'm listening to something or listening to a podcast or listening to, to something. And I can't, I don't want to boot up a full game and go and play it because I'm like, oh, I just want to listen to a podcast right now. I want to listen to people talk about shit. Um i i will load up this game and and just play it um and it officially released this year and god let me tell you the the support that these devs have put into this game and the support like releasing a new character recently and everything like that is ridiculous my number seven is slay the spire uh, the guys over at Megacrit. This game is so much fun to play. Like, I I don't like card games. I don't like Hearthstone. I don't like Magic the Gathering. I'm not a huge fan of Legends of Ruterra. Slay the Spire, I don't know why it got me. Like, it, it was one of the games that I went. Yes. More, please. And so I would go and beat beat him with the ironclad and then be like, all right, I'm going to go beat him with the silent. And I go beat him with the silent. Oh, let me go do, um, not the artifact. Is that, is that what it is? Maybe. I don't know. Oh, let me go beat him with the artifact. Oh, okay. And then they release this monk character, which I still don't know how to play, which is one of the reasons I keep playing it. Uh, so I can understand how they play and just keep going back and having the different levels of ascension and doing all this different stuff. This game is so much fun to play and it has so much content in it that, I, d I don't know why people don't like this game as much as they do or people just don't play this game because it, it is such a good game in my opinion at least I, I I'm not trying to force you to, to go and do it but just like having the map going to fight different enemies you know by that point you know these enemies do other things and then 
you it's you do your strategies to get them and oh i have to plan my path because i i i know i'm probably gonna be low health when i get here so i need a campfire i can't fight an elite at this time so i have to it's just really 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 cool um I don't know if you could tell that I really like this game, but I do. Um, and all the different cards and all the different strategies that you can use is just really, really cool. So number seven on my list goes to Slay the Spire. Number six, we'll do this and then we'll we'll take a quick break um, while I go get a drink and everything. Um, number six is a game that a lot of people enjoyed. And with some people's game of the years, um, and I enjoyed it. I thought the story was really cool. Once again, it was, it was one of the things that I, it was creepy, but it wasn't necessarily like scary, creepy. It had really good combat systems. All the powers in the game felt good. The, the mysteries around who you are and who they were and everything like that really, really added to it. Uh, if you can tell number uh number six is control um jesse is such a good character i think jesse herself is one of my favorite characters from this year um we'll get into some of my other i'll talk about my other favorite characters um later but she is so complex in terms of like what it what it what it means to be the director what it means to be the one that talks to the board or stuff like that and all that sort of stuff and realizing all these different things happening, trying to get her brother back, realizing what her brother is and what he, what's consumed him and all that, all that sort of stuff is so cool. The reason why this game is so low for me, it would have been higher if only it had a better ending. Um, I, I, the last level, or I call it level, but the last part of the, the part of this game is like a not a battle royale, but it's like a horde mode sort of thing, ish, where you're just fighting all these different things. You're fighting all these different hiss creatures, and you're like, bam, 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 and you're like, oh, let me go save this person, bam, 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 bam. Up oh, there's another area. Bam, 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 bam. Killing all these different things. And then you get to that and you're like, I saved you. And then you're like, credits. And you're like, okay, what what are we doing? Like, <laughs> come on, guys. I need more than this. And it's uh, they do talk about her being director and taking over that role. And there's still things to do. And there's expansions coming out and stuff like that. But that is specifically the reason why this game is number six for me. I need a whole rounded experience for for you to be considered in my top five. And I think all of these games that I'm in my top five, I'm double checking them. Yes, all these games in my top fives have a whole rounded story. Um, well, technically. Um, or just have such amazing gameplay that drives drives the story forward. Um, but it's... It, control just... it. It hit all the it hit all my my itches, like semi RPG ish kind of not really, but you could ask questions and they gave you answers. You could discover lore. There's a whole bunch of different stuff connected to Alan Wake, which is one of my favorite games. Then, and and you just like uncovering things and 
realizing more and the janitor is such a good character just like all these great things it's just you just the ending just didn't uh, it was like uh, i'm like come on like i want more this ending should have been epic like it should have been should have been something of like jesse like like going crazy like it, it I, that's that's what i would have expected like her fighting fighting the i guess the, the final villain but it's not really a final villain but like fighting the final boss and just like being like you could do this but i can also do this and then like ah, and like doing all that sort of stuff and that would be really really cool but they didn't do that i mean don't get me wrong the ending sequence of the game is kind of cool the story just didn't wrap up the way that it should have it just felt rushed in my opinion so uh ladies and gentlemen that is where we're going to take a quick uh break i'm going to throw on some music for you uh audio podcast listeners uh you won't really hear anything because i'm pausing pausing the recording so i will see you guys after everyone else i will see you guys in about five or six minutes to continue our talks about game of the year see you then great we're good back yes i think we're back we're good all right so welcome back everybody uh we are finishing our top 10 games of 2019 number six was control uh if you weren't here for that so number five my list went away so just want to make sure i have everything in mind uh number so you know how back then i was just talking about how story-based driven games are like great and they're my top five this is the only exception this is number five and this is the only exception because this game is so much fun to play it is so gameplay driven and probably one of the best first person shooters i've ever played also probably one of the best battle royale games i've ever played you understand that you should know that number five uh, is apex legends uh sorry my my screen didn't want to change uh apex legends is sitting at my number five um all the different characters are so cool they have all cool different personalities and i also like the way that they did they made leaps and bounds in this game like bloodhound being non-binary is such a cool concept like being able to pull that off in a video game is ridiculously cool um then having having a decent amount of women in that cast plus the when the game first released there was two black women in there like legitimately like it is so it was such a cool idea for or it's such a good idea to have so many diverse characters in this game and just being such a good game by itself like i i can't tell you how much fun that was and even even as as a person just sitting here like this shows shows me that the some of the game developers in, in that are developing games are starting to take strides forward and are realizing the different things that are happening in in, in game development and not having people represented it people feeling like their race their their gender their sexuality isn't being represented in this game specifically with the characters goes to show you that there are people thinking about it and that's just one part of the reason why i love this game so much the other part of the other reason i love this game is just because it's so much fun to play the looting system is great 
the the ping system was probably one of the best things I've ever seen. Like it was so cool to press down my middle mouse button once and just being like bink, and I'm like, what? And so I did, I was like, oh my introverted self, I don't have to talk to anybody. I have to be like enemy over there. I can just keep double pressing the mouse button and it'll get me there. And um and yeah and the gunplay is so cool. It is so much fun. Uh yeah I am I am so happy. Um that I, this game was released past year. I don't think it's gotten the credit that it deserves. It, it is sitting at my number five. Number four. If it wasn't, my, if my top three weren't as good as they are, or good as games as I, I liked, this game would probably be my number one. Um, I talked about how I, the Somnium Files, like, destroyed my heart. And made me cry so much. This is a game that I went into. And I didn't think it would make me cry. But the ending scene of this game. I was. I was in tears. I was. I was so like. I, I couldn't control myself. Because it was like. All this work that you've done. Led to this one thing. And people accepting the reality. Of what was going to happen. And. I. I can't praise this game enough for all the different things it's done, especially as a music teacher. Like I, I work with elementary school kids. If I didn't work with elementary school kids and I worked with high school kids, I would tell them like, if I was teaching general music in a high school setting, I would say your homework is to go home and play this game. Because even though you might not necessarily have to do necessarily with music, the ending has to do with music and it, it it strikes and hits something that I didn't think any other game could with bringing everything together because of music. And if you couldn't tell what I'm talking about, it is the outer wilds, just like the exploration. This game is so good. The, the, the time loop is such a cool concept. The, the characters you meet are like so unique and different learning a little bit about their stories, seeing the different instruments they play and meeting the final character in the game and everything like that. This, this game hits so many good, good points. And it just, it is one of the modern, like legitimately one of the modern marvels of that year. Like it, I wish I wish the top three games weren't as good as they are for this to be and be number one, but it has to stay at number four because these other three games, I had such a good time playing and I love the story in these games so much that like outer wilds had, it just, it just barely didn't make the top top three. Um, and all, oh, by the way, all these, the, the top four are all like interchangeable for me, but if I had to put them in order, I put them in this order. It also depends on what what I'm feeling on the day, so like I might be like, oh, Outer Wilds was, because like I'm I'm in a really like sympathetic mood that day, or my other well, this game is good because I'm I like this one or this one, um, yeah. So, time for the top three. Start off with number three. Number three. 
is a game that a lot of people didn't play. It's a game that kind of slowly flew under the radar for some people. And some people in specific communities saw this game and played it and were like, oh, it's okay. For me, playing this game was one of the best experiences I've had. Like, story-wise, mystery-wise, and combat-wise. Like, the combat was okay. It took a second seat to the story in this one for me. The side quests were funny. The the mini-games were great. And everything like that. And it was such a departure from what they normally do. Um, the, This developer uh, studio. Like... Because I've, I've, one of the games, this game made me go back and start to play those other games because of how good the story was in this one. Um, and I, I, I owe a lot to playing this game by watching like the first few minutes on a stream. Um, and then just being like, nope, I don't want to spoil this. I'm going to go play it right now. And I went and go played it. I went and played it and I did not regret it. Um, because there's, there's a big twist in the middle of that game and it's just like oh crap oh no yep this is this is who that is um and yeah my my number three game is judgment uh as i said judgment flew under the radar for a lot of people and judgment to me was as one of the top games of the year just as i said like the drone racing in this game was so much fun like like driving your own little drone collecting all these different parts and like doing all these different side quests and like like all the characters you met in the game and yagami san was great um i'm i might be getting conf- kiryu uh is i think his friend I, i'm trying to remember off the top of my head because i don't have it in my notes but like all those different characters that like are in your like your your quote-unquote squad like are so cool i love them all and just i can't i can't recommend recommend this game enough um if anyone's looking for a game to sit down and play and you're like i want a good story i want a good mystery i want want to figure this thing out and i highly recommend you check out judgment um, it might not be everyone's f- taste, and that's fine. It's a um, the Jap. Uh, I think Japanese. I'm trying to, rem- I'm trying to remember. Um, but it's it's not by an American developer. Um, it is from an Eastern developer. Um, oh, Ryugogotaku. I think that's. I, I'm butchering their name. Uh, Ryugogotaku, that developer. Um, they make the Yakuza games and all that sort of stuff. And Yakuza is a series that I'm going to be starting soon. It is definitely going to be one of the games that we're going to be playing off the shelf. Um, so yeah. Check it out. So these two. These two games. I'm sitting here thinking about it and I'm like... Just don't know which one like i agree with my first choice but i'm also like number two has such a good such a good but I, i'm sticking with it because i think number one has has so much better 
uh, some a lot of more things going for it than number two does for me. So number two is a game that was released late in the year. It. I'm not going to beat around the bush for this one. Number two is Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Um, <laughs> so I could talk about this game a little bit more. I didn't want to. I didn't want to pull. Wait too long for this one. The lightsaber combat in this game. Holy! I think I've cursed in this episode, so I'm going to put this expert. Holy shit! Like I can't believe it. I. I was like, what? <laughs> like I. I remember getting it and like. You have your, I played on an Xbox one, you have your controller and like, you go, like the, the stereotypical, like, lightsaber, and like feeling your controller vibrate or like using your force powers and feeling like it, they nailed this game to a T. This is everything I wanted out of a Star Wars game. Uh, like the only thing, if I had to gripe on something in this game was that you couldn't, when you customized your lightsaber, it didn't do anything actually to the lightsaber. Like, I was putting on a different hilt, like, increase the speed that you swung the lightsaber, or, like, decrease the speed but increase the damage, or something like that. Like, those tiny little things, I think, would have made this game so much better than it than it was. Um, but, I, I said so much better, but even it which that probably would have bumped it to number one for me because that put, probably would have put me in that world for a tiny bit longer. And it probably would have made me go back to it to try different builds or something like that. I guess I'm kind of thinking more of if you've ever played the surge or the surge two, like that sort of thing where you could customize your weapons a little bit. Um, and not necessarily doing that with this game, but like I, kind of, it's hard to describe, but just having different play styles like or like different stances or something like that like i think that'd be really cool but uh the i the i can't i can't express how good of a star wars game this game is like be it, the your little robot guy is is literally one of my one of the coolest things i've ever seen he's like he's like a little little tight robot and he's like and i'm like oh man i love him um and just him on your shoulder the whole game and telling you all these different things then you find out his purpose and you're like oh oh man and cal is cal's good you got grease money baby uh also in there and uh just all the characters that game are so good and I think they set up, I think she's the ninth sister. I only know her, I'm trying to remember uh, her, her Sith title. Um, the ninth sister uh, is, is one of the most unique, not unique, but one of the, one of the villains that like, you're, you're like, oh, oh, wow. Like, that's, that's rough. Yeah, um, like, and she is she has connections to other people and that sort of thing. Um, I'm not spoiling the ending of this game for you, um, because this is some that is something you have to experience for yourself. Um, but uh, like for those of you who who have played the game, you know what I'm talking about. That moment was like a jaw. Like I I remember. 
my jaw dropping and just keeping my mouth open and just like shaking like like holy crap like <laughs> like it was one of those moments of like this is happening this is literally happening right now and it was such a cool moment it was it was so cool and then like everything just fitting in and i'm so happy that they were able to pull off that moment and deli- and like give it the the gravitas or the gravity that it needs to be um be that moment be the moment everyone's like i remember that <laughs> i remember that so much um so yeah jedi fallen order is sitting at number two it's also just a fun game to play it's also not too it's like it's souls e but it's also not it's it's much easier than a souls game but once again it's amazing All right, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for number one. Number one on my list is not a game I expected to like. Those are the best games. They're the games you go into and you're like, I'm not a fan. I'm not a fan of this. I've heard of this game, but this this game series, and I'm like, mm, nah. And you're like, you watch the gameplay trailers. You're like, mm, okay, I, I, I see it. I see, I see why people might like it. I might like it. Nah, I'm not. Gonna, I, I don't think. I'm gonna. Then, I see the first day, it comes out. People are streaming it. I watch it. I go. Mm. You start talking to people, and I'm like, hmm. And you see those people start talking to people, and you're like, hmm. And, uh, it, it was one of the, probably, I'm going to get, well, I already cursed. I'm going to get shit on for this, but I I think that this is probably one of my top games of, of the decade, just because of everything that happened in this game and how long it is and how good the combat is. Number one, ladies and gentlemen, it's Fire Emblem Three Houses. Um, as I said, I went into this game expecting to hate it. Like, uh, I was like, Fire Emblem, that's that nerdy series. <laughs> and <laughs> I literally went in and why I was like, let me watch a stream of it. Like one of my favorite streamers is streaming it. Yeah, let's go watch it. Sat, sat and watched it and went, oh, oh, you, you, you're a teacher. Okay. All right. I'm a teacher. And then it started hitting, I guess that's also part of the reason why I like it, is it starts hitting on all those beats that you get as a teacher. Not to a T, but like people coming up to you with their problems. Being like, hey, can I do this? Or like, hey, I'm having an issue with this. Do you think you could talk to me about it? Yeah, sure. Let's talk about it. Or And just helping these these students throughout their lives as as a, as a teacher is like something that like I didn't expect to come out of the game. Um, also seeing, seeing your, your, your students talking with other students, like having those cutscenes blew my freaking mind. Like it literally blew my mind. Like that you we're going to have stuff in this game that like your character's not a part of, but you're going to be able to watch and you're going to know more about these characters because of it. And I was like, Oh my, 
Yes. Yes, thank you. And um I the middle of this game uh, when when that thing happens, you know what I'm talking about. Uh if you've played the game, I'm not going to spoil it. When that thing happens, you're like, "Oh, okay, there's another half to this game." Oh, I thought it was at the end. All, all, all right, all right. <laughs> and it just continues from there. I this uh, I can't recommend this game enough to people. Like I don't think this game was under undersold this year. I just uh, I think that it was one of those games that people like game of the year people or people the normal the masses of game I know that's not technically true, but like the standard gaming people didn't didn't look at and say like, "Oh, this is a game that I would like to play." Um but for me, this was a game that I wanted to play. So, um, yep, Fire Fire Emblem Three Houses is my game of the year for 2019. Uh, let's do a quick recap of that list. Number 10 is Kingdom Hearts 3. Number 9 is I, The Somnium Files. Number 8 is Sekiro Shadows Die Twice. Number 7 is Slay the Spire. Number 6 is Control. Number five was Apex Legends. Number four was Outer Wilds. Number three was Judgment. Number two was Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. And number one was Fire Emblem Three Houses. So that was my game. Oh, there we go. That was my game of the year list. For 2019, um, let me let me know in the comments or uh, tweet at me at Basin Boy on Twitter. Let me know what you thought uh, of my list or give me your list because I'm always interested to check out new games and uh, games that I didn't check out or games that I should check out and everything like that. So um, the final segment that we're going to be talking about is a new segment that I've added called Off the Shelf. And Off the Shelf is a game club, what I'm calling it. It's like a game club where like every week I'm going to be like, let's go play this game. And we go and play that game and I talk about it. Um, even if I don't beat the game, I'm still going to talk about it. And then I'll continue playing that game and I'll play the next next week's game and that sort of stuff. Um, and I'll try to choose longer games for... Um, times when a lot of games aren't coming out uh like um this week's game i'll talk about it in a second but it's a longer game but it's also you doesn't have to be long if you don't want it to um and and that sort of thing but uh, and i'll normally give everyone the next two weeks worth of games so that if you don't want to play one of them like you know what the next week's is and so on and so forth. Um, and before I start talking about... I always give you the two games before we start the actual segment about the, the previous game. So that if you don't want anything spoiled, you don't want me to talk about... You don't want to listen to anything, um, uh, you don't have to. I will always start with a non-spoilery review and then I will go into spoilers um, following that. So for next week, uh, we are going to be dipping into a game that... Um, is not like the last of us because uh, that's our that's our game this week um it's actually a completely different genre of game 
It is a game called, and a game I've been watching, and I actually want to play. I haven't been watching too much because I don't want to get spoiled because I want to play it. It's a game called Wasteland 2. Um, Wasteland 2 is a uh, turn-based CRPG. I normally don't like CRPGs unless they're turn-based. Um, and that's that's what, that's what it looks like this one is. Uh, so I'm excited to get my hands on and play it. That's going to be our game for next week. And the following week, so next week is the week of uh february 24th um so the the games games and more games on friday the 28th will be reviewing uh wasteland 2 uh then the following week the week of the first what is that the week of the second the week of march 2nd uh we will be playing Ori in the Blind Forest, because the next week following that on the 11th is when Ori and the Will of the Wisps comes out. Uh, so we will be ready to go with that one. Um, the the game, uh, the games game and more games that week might be a little bit later uh, because I really want to just sit down and experience Ori. Um, and then Resident Evil 3 comes out that month, I think. Um, and then Doom, everything is the week. Oh. So, uh, that's that's all that sort of stuff. I'll be going back and playing different games as well. But for Game Club, next or off the shelf next week is Wasteland 2, followed by the week after, Ori in the Blind Forest. I'll, I'll, I'm going to add a second game to that one since Ori's not too, too, Ori's long, but it's not too, too long. I'm also going to put uh, an exception to that. Ori in the Blind Forest and Doom. The the new Doom because we're not going to have time to keep playing stuff before stuff starts releasing. Um, so it'll be... So, once again, week of the 24th, Wasteland 2. Week of the March 2nd, Ori in the Blind Forest and Doom um, we'll be talking about. So, now it's time to get on to this week's Off the Shelf. Uh, the game that we we took off the shelf this week and reviewed was The Last of Us by Naughty Dog, which was published by Sony Computer Entertainment. Uh, this game originally came out in June uh, June fourteenth, twenty thirteen, on PlayStation Three. A year later, about a year later, um, it was released on PlayStation Four um, worldwide, and um, yeah, so. Uh, once again i'm not going to spoil i'll let you know when i get into spoilery stuff uh, it'll be a hard like we are entering spoilers um so we are not 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 in spoiler territory right now so uh wikipedia this is the quick little blurb that they had the last of us is a 2013 action adventure survivor horror video game developed by naughty dog and published by sony computer entertainment players control joel a smuggler tasked with escorting a teenage girl ellie across a post elliptic apocalyptic united states um so just thoughts because a lot of the thoughts that i have do deal with story stuff i am I really enjoyed this game. I really enjoyed sitting down and going through this game. Um, the only deterrent I had, or like bad thing I had with this game was everyone who talked this game up. Like 
it, like everyone was like, "Oh, The Last of Us is such a good game. You have to go play The Last of Us." And I'm like, "Okay, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna sit down and play it." And so I was so constantly when I was sitting playing the game, I was like, "Oh, this is a good game. This is a good game. This is a good game." And so like all the big impacted moment stuff, I was like, "Oh, was this is this the part why they said it was a good game?" And the, the same thing happened with me last year with God of War. When people were like, God of War is such a good game. God of War is such a good game. And so when I played God of War, I was like, I, was, I ended the game and I went, okay. But then I let it I let it sit for a few days and I, I was like, oh, yeah, that was a good game. <laughs> that was a really good game. And um, that's kind of exactly what happened here. Like, I finished the game and I went, hmm. I played Last of Us Left Behind too, and I was like, hmm. I was like, I don't, I don't know if this I know it was a good game. And then I, then I sat down and I went to bed that night after I beat it. And I went, yeah, that is such a good game. Like the way that they told that story was so good. Um, the, the gun combat in that game is cool. The enemies are amazing. Um, like the clickers are the, now one of have one of the most iconic sounds of video games but like the, hearing that noise when you're going through specific areas and you hear like that or whatever it is and you're like oh no 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 you like immediately crouch down and you're like where is it where is it where is it where is it and and stuff like that so yeah this game is hands down one of one of the better games that I've played recently so uh, we are now entering a territory where we are having spoilers for this game. If you do not want this game spoiled for you or The Last of Us Left Behind DLC, have a good day. Follow me on Twitter at BasinBoy. Follow the podcast on Twitch at BasinBoy on Twitch. Subscribe to the YouTube. Cool. Thank you. Have a good day. Spoilers are starting right at this moment. So, um, I'm going to kind of go through each big plot point and get my thoughts on it. Because I, that's where this game really, really got me in terms of uh, drawing me in for, through the rest of the game. The first thing that happens is when uh, Joel and Tommy are in Austin uh, at the very beginning of the outbreak. and And, like... That that first scene where where it's just you're in the house and you're just walking around, you're just like, oh, what's going on? What what is this thing? And then you you get like that point of where like you get the the, the news announcement and like everything, and you like get in the car, get in the car, you get in the car, and you're driving downtown and you see all these infected running around and all this sort of stuff, and it's like, oh sh- shit, literally hit the fan so quickly that people didn't know what to do. Um, and that's exactly what happened. And I remember the moment of when, when it's like you and Tommy and you're going around and doing everything. And then Sarah is, you're holding Sarah and all that sort of stuff. And then this, then you get to the point of where you're trying to get to the bridge and there's a soldier and he's just like pops her in the head and you're like, Whoa, excuse me, dude. <laughs> Who, who do you think you are? Like, 
oh like that first off that moment hit me and i was like oh okay all right ladies and gentlemen we're in for this today okay <laughs> and then like then it just like fast forwards to what i what i call the like the tutorial of the game uh when you we you see that joel uh and tess uh the the joel is sitting in a in a house and there's this girl walks in her name's tess and um there's definitely a thing happening yeah i don't think they ever specifically state that there's a thing happening but there's a thing happening um and the it kind of takes you through the beginning of the game which is really cool getting to see like all the all the ideas of like oh they're not giving us rations for this this thing today i tried to trade this in they're only gonna give me half for this and then um and they're like oh we need to get this this weapons weapons cash back to get more money, food that sort of stuff and like that's when like the tutorial begins you go out and you like you try to go find this guy named robert who um stole uh weapons and they're gonna give you stuff for it and it's kind of the tour teaching you how to sneak around and do all this sort of different stuff. And you kill like the all the bad guys and you get to Robert and you're like, whoa, what the fuck? Where's the guns? And he's in. You shoot him a few times to break his legs. And. um, He's like, oh, I sold him to the fireflies. And I, I'm trying to remember if they I think they do kill him. Um. But then you meet Marlene, who is the leader of the Fireflies in the town. And she's like, yo, I, I do have the weapons. <laughs> but I want, I'll give you double. I'll give you double what they were going to give you uh, in exchange for delivering this girl uh, to a, a, a house in outside of the quarantine zone. That means going out into the world and... um. And f dealing with infected and breaking protocol and doing all that sort of different stuff, which was which was a big moment, uh, in fact. And you meet Ellie for the first time, and you're like, "Oh, who the, who the who the f does this girl think she is?" She's like, mm, "I'm doing this thing." And I'm like, "Okay, Ellie, calm down." Um, I didn't like Ellie at first. I thought I thought she was rude, and well, she is, but she um, I just I didn't like her at the beginning, um. And I love Ashley Johnson as a person. Ashley Johnson on Critical Role is probably one of my favorite things ever. Um, but in I I did not like Ellie at the beginning of this game. Um, and then, then you're going through, you meet clickers for the first time. You do you see all this different stuff? Um, and then you you get not ambushed. I wouldn't call it ambushed, but you get captured by a um a group of uh, soldiers that like take this uh, infected looking thingy and they're like, Oh dude, here you go. Beep beep. And it's like not infected. And they take Tessa's hand and they go beep beep. And it's like not infected. And then they get to Ellie and Ellie kind of recoils and like, like I think tries to, he bites, a, she bites a dude and they kill them. And it's like, Holy. And you learn that she has a bite and she's infected. But it's three weeks old. And she's like, I swear. Like, I have the cure. I am... I am... I am the one. Um, and Joel is like, no. 
there's no freaking way and joel's like kind of in disbelief and tess kind of convinces him to keep going through with it um to a point almost to a fault because uh, she keeps going and going and going and he tries keeps trying to convince him and joel's like i don't know i don't know about this tess and um and they get to the the quarantine house and they see all the fireflies are they're toast they're toast dudes and at this point i just go what the hell is going to happen now cuz i thought i was like this game i don't know how long this game is but like we're delivering ellie and people love ellie and joel and i'm like oh, that's it and then you realize at that point oh tesco's joel and shows her him that she's been bitten and he's like what the f <laughs> and <laughs> and i was like holy crap it's it, literally what happens here and the, then you hear all these soldiers coming in and, you, and she's like go and like take ellie and make sure she gets to where she needs to and i was like oh man oh sh shoot <laughs> And you run into the next room and then you just hear like all these gunshots happening and and then the they start coming into other rooms and you're like, oh what's what's like you kill the you kill those guys that are trying to kill you and you walk out onto the top layer and like you straight up see her dead and you're like oh, what <laughs> no <laughs> that was like my reaction i was like holy crap she's dead <laughs> oh boy what's gonna happen now because at that point like I, I wasn't sure where this game was gonna go and you you and ali keep going and joel's like ellie we're gonna go find my friend bill <laughs> well, well no first he goes he goes i'm gonna take you to my brother who knows where the fireflies are and you're like okay cool we're gonna go see we're gonna see tommy again which is cool and you learn that they had a falling out and that sort of stuff but that's well that we'll get to that later but then he's like ellie we're gonna go find my friend bill and you're like who the f who's bill <laughs> and the the like he talk he talks to Ellie about how crazy this guy is and like I'm like how crazy can he be and then you get to the, you get to where he lives and the first experience you have is a clicker tries to run at you and gets hit by a, like a tripwire and blows up and you're like oh he's this crazy okay all right um and I think that was just such a cool unique uh thing uh to bill in particular just like oh oh he's like he's trapped everything gotcha got it um uh, i'm gonna take a pause here because this is the first time in the game where like you're in this like op opener world and you can open doors with your shiv and stuff like that which is a really cool concept by the way like using some of your resources to get into a room that usually has better resources for you um, sometimes it doesn't, sometimes it just gives you like a bottle of pills and you're like, okay, that's cool. But I just wasted a shiv that I could have used to fight off a clicker. Um, but, uh, like that, that was the first time that like, you kind of felt like, oh, this world, there's limited supply in this. 
Like, at, at no point in the game was I ever like, I don't have enough. Alcohol was the one thing. Alcohol and rags, because you keep you keep making med kits throughout the game. But those were like the two things I was like constantly trying to look for. But all the other things, I'd never like, I was never like, oh, I can't find any nails or I can't find any, any of this thing. No, I could find them all the time. Um, so yeah, that was, I think that's, that was a good, good way that they did it. Like it, it felt like everything was scarce, but it wasn't at the same time. Um, where was I? Oh, then you meet Bill and Bill is fucking crazy. He is like off the wall crazy. And um Bill's like yeah, and he's trying to kill Ellie because he doesn't know Ellie. And Joel's like, yo, she's cool. <laughs> and then Bill takes him and you get your shotgun from Bill, and it's like a cool moment. And you're like, he's gonna go get you a car to take you to um to take you to out west where Tommy is. And he's like, Oh, there's a this abandoned truck. Uh, that just crashed into a school and like they go to the school and there's nothing in the truck. And then you realize, and then you run down the street a little bit and you jump into a house and there's a guy hanging from the ceiling and you realize that it was Bill's partner. And he's, he's like kind of distraught about it a little bit, but then you go into the, you go into the the garage and you find a bat the batteries in the car in one of the working cars, and so you're like, oh, we need to get it started though, so we have to push it out and that sort of stuff. But I think one of the cool things that you could have ignored if you didn't go into the room, but going into the other room and finding his like suicide note, um, about like how he's like, Bill, I've always fucking hated you, you're a piece of shit. Like <laughs> it was like it was like oh. Oh, he didn't like this dude. Bill Bill was crazy. And and so that's what happens and um all that sort of stuff. And Bill keeps trying to warn Joel that like the one thing that'll get him killed in this world is his uh him not trusting but like wanting to save others and like wanting to be with Ellie and stuff like that. And even though at that point like Joel's Joel's starting to take interest in Ellie, but like like Ellie, like as a as a daughter, but like not really. And he's like, whatever, whatever. And immediately that that next scene when they're driving in the car and she's reading comic books, <laughs> and and like you start feeling that connection. Like that that was the first time, like she climbs up in the front seat and is like reading comics, and then she finds like the tape and puts it in, and like I was like, oh man. Like, Ellie's actually kind of cool. I really like Ellie. So that that's what was happening at that point. And I was like... Ugh. And uh, from that point, basically, uh, they, they get to Pittsburgh. And they... The car crashes. They're ambushed by a bunch of uh, raiders and stuff like that. And there's a really cool scene... And I think that this is one of the most unique scenes in the game, in my opinion, was when they crashed the car and then they got out and like, it was like, oh, like it literally felt like an ambush. A lot of games like make you feel like overpowered, um, like nothing can touch you because you're like, 
you're the player in the game. So there's, you're going to be stronger than everybody. But in that ambush moment, like when there's so many people and you're just like ducking behind cover and like shooting you, like you don't, don't, don't necessarily have the resources to fight them because you weren't expecting it. Um, I think that that's, that's one of the coolest things in the game. And that, that also goes to talk about like how all the different guns had different feelings. Like I loved using the revolver. The revolver was probably my favorite gun in that whole game. Followed up by the hunting rifle. Um, and then the shotgun and the shotgun pistol. But it just, it didn't really make you feel like you were too overpowered. Like you weren't necessarily a character. Like it, it was just really cool. And then you probably meet two of my favorite people in the whole, well, two of the most developed characters in this game. Um, you meet uh, Henry and Sam. And that's a Pepe Hands moment because uh, they're, they were so cool. Like, it was see, nice seeing Joel have an interaction with another person besides Tess. And besides him being angry at Bill. But like actually having a conversation with the dude who has a, his brother. And in like seeing Sam and Ellie talk and like it it kind of humanized the whole situation. Like it was like, oh, this is what they're fighting for. They're they're trying to get that back. And um and they're trying, since Joel's still trying to get to the Fireflies, that's exactly what uh, Henry and Sam are trying to do as well. And and so, like, you sneak out at night and you're going through the com compound and everything. And you think Henry and Sam are going to leave you because they hop up on the truck and then they make you make it out and you keep going. You're trying to get to this radio tower. And you do. Um, after a few hectic scenes. And... There's a really good scene when they're in the radio tower because there's they're supposed to be people meeting them. Um, this is before the people are like, oh, good scene. I'm like, no, not a good scene, but it's it was the scene where like before all all the stuff starts to go down um, when he Joel's sitting there and talking to Henry and he's like, mm, I don't think my group's anyone from our group's going to make it. And Joel goes, no, nah, I don't think so. And there's just that sort of moment of like realizing like, oh, we did. We made it. We're survivors. Um, and Ellie goes in and starts talking to Sam. And Sam's a little weird, acting a little weird. Not necessarily like weird, weird, but weird. He's like angry and like, he's just not like the, Sam wasn't hyper, but Sam was not mean. And Sam was kind of being a little douchey. And you're like, what the? Going on with Sam, and then he's talking to Ellie, and then he pulls up his pant leg, and you're like, "Oh shit, this dude's infected! Oh no, and he didn't tell anybody." And once again, as I said, I'm not good with scary stuff. Um, so at that point, <laughs> that was the point of where I went. I'm wearing my headphones right now. If you're listening to the auto podcast, I took off my headphones, and then. Put them on over here and just put the volume up because I did not want to deal with um, that jump scare moment that I knew was going to happen. And it did. It did happen. Um, when Sam comes bursting out of the room. Um, but like that moment of when 
of when Ellie goes to open the door to see if Sam wants breakfast and like the zombie version of Sam comes running out and Henry is forced to kill him. Holy crap. Like it just in that moment in particular, like I was like, Oh no, this is going to, this is going to affect Sam, like Henry really, really bad. Like, I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen like with their adventures. And then he like holds the gun up to Joel and I'm like, Holy, what is this guy doing? And then like, I'm happy that they didn't draw on this moment too much. Um, once again, this is a big plot point. Skip, mute it for a second. If you don't want this to be too spoiled for you. Um, they didn't, they didn't draw on the suicide moment from Henry. Like, it wasn't like the the one thing where they where they're like, oh, I'm gonna hold it there. It was like, nope, he made the decision and did it. And I think that was so much more impactful than like a drawn out moment when when Joel's like, if Joel or Ellie's like, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. There was no time for that, and it was like, oh, I I I made one of those faces that I like. I sat there and I was like, oh man, Sam's dead. And I'm listening to the scene. I put my headphones back on and Joel's like, oh, like, and he points the gun. He's like, and Joel's trying to be like, oh, Henry, you don't have to do this. You don't have to do this. Like, just give me the gun. Give me the gun. And then like, cause he's trying to kill Joel. And then like that moment of when Joel and me both realize that he turns the gun and I'm just like, oh. <laughs> then it happens and you're like oh shit oh man um and i i can't tell you like how much grief i felt in that moment of like i'm invested in this game i am so infested infested invested in this game um to a point of where like this stuff is like really impactful um, so then at that point, uh, they fast forward to fall when you go and meet Tommy and Maria and Tommy and Maria are a thing. Um, and Joel's trying to convince Tommy to take Ellie because he doesn't necessarily want to take Ellie to, um, to the fireflies in Utah, uh, which is where Tommy tells them that they are. And, and, um, Ellie knows this and she won't tell, she doesn't tell Joel that she knows this, um, and decides to take a horse and runs away. And I'm like, oh no, is Ellie going to happen? Is Ellie just going to, cause at all, at that point, all I knew for, before playing this game was watching the last of us two trailer where you, it's just Ellie and then there's Joel's at the very end. I was like, oh, maybe Joel finds her in Last of Us 2. But then I then I you realize like that's not the thing. Um But it was one of the things that like she ran away and she went to a she she went to a house and hid in this room. And like she it was like she was like a teenage girl. She was sitting in her room and tries to talk to Joel about Sarah and is like, how would she like, I'm not her, like 
he's like Joel's like you're not my daughter like you're not Sarah you're not this and and like it, there's just a really good moment between the two of them and I think that both Nolan and Ashley did such a good job with that moment that like you're like oh this is literally a I wouldn't say like a foster dad with a foster kid moment but like like some of the struggles that she's going through and Joel just not being like, like, I can't take this on. I can't do this. And her storming out, like, well, then the pe- people attack the house. But like when, when that long ride back and then you get to the town that they're at and Joel makes the decision, like, no, I'm going to take her. And he's like, you sure? Yeah. Um, actually, no, it's not Utah. They're going to the East Eastern Colorado university. Um, and he's like, yeah, I'll take her. I'll take her to Colorado. And Ellie hops on the horse and she's happy. And, I, and like, you're as a, as a player, like at that point, you're just smiling. And I'm like, at that point, I'm, my thoughts are like, oh, like this is the end of the game. This is where the game's going to go. And this is how the game's going to end. And I'm like, okay. Um, so what happens from here? Yeah. Is that they go, boy, did I, did I not know that that was not near the end of the game? Um, (laughs) we go to ECU and like, you get the flamethrower and you're like, oh, this is cool. And like, you're talking about meeting the fireflies and you're like, yeah, that's going to definitely going to happen. They're going to meet them all. And you get to the, the, the place and you're like, oh, this is empty. And you get the, that little recorder that tells you about where they, where they went. You're like, oh, okay. And then these raiders, uh, like, attack the place and all that sort of stuff. And then probably one of the most heart-wrenching moments in the game when um, when Joel's fighting this person and then he falls over the balcony with the guy and, like, the like thing stabs through his chest. I was like, oh, no. Like, that was also one of the moments that if I didn't see The Last of Us 2 trailer with Joel, I would have been like, oh, he's dead. Like Ellie, this, this, the rest is Ellie's story. Like the, <laughs> how's Ellie going to make it there and back in time? Um, and like that whole scene about when like he's bleeding out and walking and then like sit, like hiding behind the, the things like laying on the ground. And then you kind of like leaning out and helping kill people so that she can make it. And then you get to this, you get to the horse, you hop on the horse and then like he collapses and you're like, Oh, and then that's when that's when the left behind DLC picks up. Um I'm going to talk about that now because it kind of directly relates. When um and then you learn about Ellie going to grab all these things for Joel and stuff like that. Um and then you you it, there's parts of when you reflect on Ellie's past and you realize that Ellie was I think she was I guess in the army. Um that's one thing I never understood about that. Or like trained to be a soldier, and uh, her friend was a firefly, and uh, comes to come come and see her, and I'm like, oh, this is cute, because she's mentioned her before, um, and they're like sitting there talking, and they they go out and they're gonna sneak around, they go to this Halloween shop, it's like really cute and all that sort of stuff, they share some moments, they put in a recorder, and they're listening, and they like they kiss and it's like it's like one of those moments as i said when i was talking about apex earlier in this episode that like 
that's a moment. That's that's a moment in video game history. Like, yes, good on you, Naughty Dog. Um, like by letting people be people, and and so uh, that happens, and then the infected stuff happens, and you're just like, oh man, like Ellie's gone through some shit. Um, by the point that Joel and you meet Marlene and everybody and uh, all that sort of stuff. Um, and so then we go back to the main campaign when, uh, Ellie, you're out in the the forest and you're, you're hunting and the deer that you're trying to kill runs into a house and you meet two characters named David and James. <laughs> so David and James, I, that's why I was hesitating with Henry and Sam, but David and James, I think are the most interesting characters in this whole game. Like the way that you start off with, with them and going to get penicillin, um, trying to get penicillin and then fighting off the infected and with him and all that sort of stuff. That was so cool. I was like, Oh, maybe these guys aren't bad. And then like he, then you're sitting there checking on the deer and then like David slowly starts saying like, Oh yeah, we, so we, we were going out on a raid to get stuff and, Oh, there was two people, a man and a girl. And like, it was like, oh man. Like in that moment when it blinks in your head that like, holy shit, the people you've been killing, they have a leader. And this is that person. <laughs> or like the people that you just killed, they report to people. They have, they have homes, they have families. Like, and I think, I think that that's a really cool moment to have in a video game like that. Because it, I wouldn't say we dehumanize things, but we kind of do at the same time. That like, that was that was a moment of like, oh shit, we killed those people. Um, and then him letting letting her go, but Ellie being naive and stupid, just wanting to get out of that situation, um, just ran, and grabbed the penicillin and ran, and didn't cover her tracks or anything like that. Um, and, and then they follow, like he, she gets back, gives Joel the penicillin and everything. Then she gets fucking captured. Like a horse gets shot and she gets captured. Just like, oh man. And like, there's a, there's a point when she's captured and she's sitting in the jail and David comes down and she's sitting there and like, you realize like, oh, these people are fucking eating people. Like they're cannibals. And he's talking to her and I'm like. Oh man, like I don't know, I don't know what he's going to do uh, with her, but uh, let's pray it's not what I think is going to happen, because I don't know if I could have handled that. But also, like at that point, I hated David. Like David was went from being like somebody like I was like, oh, this guy's pretty nice to like this person's a fucking asshole. Like, and then like him torturing Ellie and like. And then, like, letting her out of the cage, and then, like, fucking killing James with the <laughs> with the axe. And you're like, oh. And then she runs away, and you're playing as her as she's running away. And then that whole scene in the, the hotel, when when you're, like, sneaking around, and you're, like, getting behind him and stabbing him. And, and then switching back to Joel, and Joel trying to piece together what's happening. Um, and then that interrogation scene that Joel has, like is something that like 
I don't want to say like I was like approving of, but it was one of the things that was like Joel has Joel has a point here. Like I understand where Joel's coming from because I love Ellie at this point. I'm like Ellie's Ellie's like his daughter, and like I she's a great character. Like <laughs> like Lily felt like a like a sister, like that sort of thing, and like get get the fucking information out of these people so you can go and get her. Like go ahead, Joel, do what you need to do. And then he like tortures them and then just offs both of them. And I'm like, oh shit. Um, Joel's hardcore. And then um, you get to the church scene about when the fire's going on and Ellie's sitting there and she's like crawling to the knife and like gets the knife and fucking just stabs the f- living hell out of this guy. Holy crap. When, like, you grab the knife and he comes down to attack you and you, like, pull him over and you just, like, double fist in the knife. And I'm like, oh, no, my phone just vibrated. Um, And you're just, you're knifing. And you're like, oh, man, <laughs> stop. <laughs> oh, the dude's dead. Stop, Ellie. And then Joel comes back and, like, pulls her pulls her away and she he's hugging her and she's crying. Like, I just, that that sort of thing was, like, Oh man, like, she had to do what she had to do, but like, the, there's there's cruel people in this world, and she dealt with one of them. And then the I think the 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 coolest thing was the, like the slow pan shot, like when the camera's like here facing facing forward, and you see them, and then he's like, "Let's go," and they start they turn around, and then the slow pan shot, like you don't see his face, you just see the knife sticking up, and you're like, "Oh." Um, and then here's the hardest part of the game for me. Um, the ending, um, when you get to the hospital, you realize the fireflies are alive and you do realize that like, Hey, Ellie is the cure. Ellie is the one and Joel gets knocked out. And then there's that scene where you're sitting in there and you're talking, you know, like, and Joel comes, to, you and Joel come to the realization that like, oh, the thing that is, that mutates is in the brain. And, and then you're like, oh, f-. you, both you and Joel come to the realization that if they go through with this, she's going to die. I was like, oh, that, that can't happen. Like if, me as a character, if, me as a person, I'm like, dude, don't kill her. Don't, why, why are we killing her? Like, I understand like the sake of humanity. And, and that's when. That's when the they did such a good Naughty Dog did such a good job with the like the different forms of of like acting I guess is it's like person and world person to person and person and self like they did they did all of those within the course of a few seconds like the person to self person to self thing was the realization that Joel was like she can't die like I don't want her to die um, the person to person was like, what the fuck are you doing to my girl? Uh, you bitch. And, <laughs> and like, I'm not going to let this happen. Like you feel the conflict between the two of them. And then like the person in the world is like Joel realizing like, yes, Ellie's Ellie could save the world. Like with this infection and stuff like that. And then he goes fucking Rambo. <laughs> just like bop, 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 bop. And just kills all these people. And you're like, oh, okay. See that that like I was fine with the 
I'm fine. I was like, I was, it was acceptable. Like him going to get Ellie. Like I, I was like, I completely 100% agree with Joel's character choice to go back and get Ellie. I don't think he got to a point of of the actual ending when you get into that operating room you have no choice but to shoot those three doctors and i'm like joel that was that was the that was the tearing point for me that was that was the tearing point like i was like oh man did you really have to do that then you do it and then the cutscene starts and you're like oh, of course i had to do it. and then he grabs ellie and then there's that scene at the at the end when he's done with the elevator. She's sitting there waiting for for him and he's she's like, You don't have to do this. You don't have to take her. Just, like think about everyone else. And then like the scene goes dark and then uh, Joel's talking to Ellie in the car and Ellie's like, What happened? And then he lies to her about like the fireflies and like that there's other people like her and that they're working with her and and all that sort of stuff and and then it just keeps flashing back to like that moment that went black and like the moments of when he like kills her and you're like, Oh fuck Joel, what are you doing? And then, and then getting back to the thing and you're like, Oh, this is happy. They get back to there. And, and then Ellie, Ellie's like, so Joel. And then he's like, yeah, would, is it true what you told me about the fireflies? And he just lies to her face and says yes. And the game ends, and you're like, no, don't do this to me. <laughs> like, like, come on, dude. <laughs> like, what? And and like now I understand like why Last of Us people are like, give us the second one already. God damn. Um and um yeah. So overall, I, I just went through the, the plot synopsis of that game, but overall that game, me just talking about that game made me realize how much I love that game. Um, solid, solid game. I'm looking forward to the second one. After playing that one, I'm so excited to get my hands on the second one to be able to play it. It just looks at least older and like I rewatched both of the, both of the trailers before I started this. Or a few of the trailers before I started this. And like her sitting playing the guitar. Like you're like oh. That's a callback from the first one. When she was like. You're gonna, I'm going to learn how to play guitar. And he, oh, he taught her how to play guitar. And it's just like. oh, All those little tiny things. And it's just. Once again. That game is flat out amazing. I'm happy I took. I, I brushed it off the shelf. And was able to like sit down and play it. I was going to make Neo the game for this week, but I couldn't play that because I hate Souls games. Um, so that that is that. Um, yep. So once again, next week, our game is going to be Wasteland 2 that we will be talking about. Um, all the different components of that, the gameplay, the, the combat and everything like that. Then the following week will be Ori and the Blind Forest slash doom because um as you probably probably know the week after that's going to be orion will of the west followed by doom eternal um i think doom eternal comes out on that right let me check doom eternal doom eternal comes out 
what game? 2020. Give me, give me a date, Bethesda. March 20th. That does come out on a Friday. You know what? Scratch that. We'll put we'll put Doom the week after, and then we'll do Doom Eternal the week after that. So, um, we're gonna be doing uh Doom Eternal. I'm in the pool. Not Doom. Eternal. Come on, get used to it. Uh, we're gonna be doing uh, uh Wasteland Two, followed by Ori in the Blind Forest, then Ori and Will of the Wisps, followed by Doom. So. All you need to be concerned about for next week on games, games, and more games is Wasteland 2. So that is my homework assignment to all of you to brush off Wasteland 2 off your electronic shelves and go and play. It is available on GOG.com. Uh, uh, is it available on Steam? I should have done my research. Um, I don't think it is. Uh, maybe it is. Um, and this will help prepare us for Wasteland 3. When that comes out, I'm excited for that one. Uh, also, Wasteland Remastered is out if you... Uh, Wasteland 2 Director's Cut is on Steam for uh, $30. I was able to get mine on GOG for less than that. Because um, I watched Co. And Co. had a good coupon code for me. Um, but yeah, so if you enjoyed what you heard today... Uh, then follow me on uh, Twitter at Basin Boy. Uh, follow the Twitch channel at or twitch.tv slash Basin Boy. Um, subscribe to me on the YouTube, just Basin Boy per usual. Um, and uh, I'll be back here next Friday with some more games. Games. And more games. Thank you all for coming out today. And as always, stay frosty, my friend.